Morning. It is good to see you this morning, man. It's Paul, one of the leaders here. Really good to, to be amongst you on this morning. I've just got a couple of quick notices to give you before we head into our, our next um, message in our series, which is hope um, in the midst of Christmas. So if you can turn to Micah 5 and open your Bibles, that's where we'll be in just a bit. So Micah 5. As you do that, let me give you a couple of dates for your diaries. First of all, tonight, the carol service at 6 o'clock. Don't forget that. 6 o'clock, carol service. Um, it'll be nice and warm. It'll be dark. It'll be moody, all that kind of stuff. So come along, bring people with you. Um, it'll be great to see you. Also, advance notice, during the service on the 12th of February, we're giving thanks for any kind of new children that have been born, new babies that have been born. So if you want to take part in that, come and see us. Great to see you. Also, the week after, on the 19th of February, we're going to have a... Um, be having baptisms. Praise God, we've got four or five people who've come up and inquired about that. So if you want to be baptized and you've not been baptized, come and speak to us. We'd love to, we'd love to talk to you about that. Can we just say as well, it's great to see the Wingfields here, isn't it? Emily, family, it is great to see you. We love you. We're praying for you. For a quick update for those that don't know, um, Sam last week was in a serious accident, ended up in hospital um, and is was in ICU for a, a, a a few days on Wednesday, Tuesday, he came out of ICU, and by God's grace, he's actually able to stand up, move a bit. Is that right, Emily? Which is amazing. So, we're praying for you guys. Love you guys. Good to see you this morning. Right then, a few years ago, I went on the ride Oblivion in Alton Towers. Don't know if you've ever seen it or, or go on rides. I hate rides. The worst thing ever for me. Literally, I, I, I just can't stand it. But I went on it. Um, because I went with other people and I felt like a bit of a divvy if I didn't go on it. So I went on it and what happens in, in oblivion, you head out slowly and you go around this kind of curve and you head out to like a 180 vertical drop and you're kind of hung over the black, black hole. And what it does, it tilts you forward, so you sat in rows and it tilts you forward so that you're looking down and it, all you can see is this 180 foot drop and a big black hole at the bottom of it. You don't know what's in it, all you can here is the echoes of the screams of all the people who've just gone through it before and you just don't know what's going to happen totally out of your control at this point because you're strapped into a seatbelt and you're hanging over a 180 foot drop there's no turning back you are moving forward towards an unknown future and today we're looking at peace in an anxious world and I think that's sometimes what anxiety in life can, can feel like, hanging over the precipice, just waiting for something to happen, something which might be very bad. And anxiety, it's this, or has become, I would say, like a broad term, a really broad term that describes things like fear and worry, or the state that we can be in when we're driven by fear and worry. And some people experience it when they turn on the news and see all the instability. You know, this news coming on at the moment, the strep A illness. For some, it's thinking about their own health and they experience anxiety. For some, they're, they're, they're worrying about others' health. For some, they're thinking about relationships. It could be your husband or your wife. It could be your kids. It could be your brother or sister. It could be even anxiety thinking through what your family gatherings are going to be like when you, when you, when you experience it over Christmas. How are you going to relate to your mum and dad? You just drop back into being a kid even though you're 55 years old. It could be for some thinking through how to pay the bills this Christmas with the cost of living crisis. Just seems like we're going from one cold place to the next, doesn't it? Shut that door. Turn the heating down. For some, it's just talking to people in church here today. A flutter of anxiety in their stomach because they don't know how to relate. 
For some, it's always around certain situations or, or people. It just swirls around. And for some people, it just comes and it goes. But for others, it's a constant feeling throughout every day. And it can be overwhelming and it can be debilitating. You can feel it in a pit in your stomach. It can be mental torture. It can be an emotional roller coaster. Anxiety, the fear of an unknown future, will affect us all on some level in our lives. You see, there is trouble and there is difficulty in this world. And the truth is, we can't control the future. But today, what I want to show, what, what I want us to see is that there is an antidote. In fact, there is a cure to anxiety, and it's peace. And it's only God who can give peace. And the good news is that He has promised peace, and He has delivered peace. So let's read what He says here in Micah, and let's see what God has done. And then we'll pray. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you... O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be a ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return and the people of, to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord, his God, and they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. Father, we thank you so much that you are present with us right here, right now, in this room. You are here. We are with you. We are safe, Father, in your presence. Father, I just pray by your Spirit, that you would show us in the depths of our hearts just the wonder and the beauty and the truth of what you have done for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to see the peace that we have, the peace that we give in and through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, this morning. Amen. So a long time before this passage, before Micah, God promised to send someone to save his people. And so, in a way, the, the whole of human history is being oriented around the coming of this deliverer. And the spotlight in God's word is God's people, who this deliverer is going to come from. And we read in God's word in the Old Testament that a great king comes, David. And David's a shepherd before he becomes a king. And David's from Bethlehem, kind of an unlikely place. There's nothing really special about it. But God promises that through David's line would come his promised king, would come the saviour. And as we follow the story through, we see that many kings come and many kings go. And God's people are waiting for this promised deliverer. And we come to God's people here in Micah's time, 2,700 years ago. And God's people have every reason to be anxious, every reason to be worried and fearful. They're weak and they're vulnerable. They're surrounded on every side by God's enemies. They are carrying the weight of their sin, all the guilt and all the shame that comes with it. God's judgment hangs over them. They're going to be taken into exile. There are powerful armies coming very close to them as a people. The future looks bleak. They're staring down that black hole. There is real threat, real potential, real danger. It brings anxiety and worry and fear. And it's into this situation that God makes promises of peace. See what he does, verse 2. 
He promises a savior king, a savior king who will be born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, which is a place too little. In what's being shown us here, Bethlehem, it's insignificant. The only significance is that it's where King David was from. And that's key. The king from ancient days means that this promised king is going to be the one from the promised line. Verse 3, what he's saying there is that he describes that the blessings of his rule are going to come for those who are going to return. The blessings of his rule are going to be for those who come under his rule, for those who trust him. Verse 4, we get a description of this king. He's going to be a shepherd king. That means he's going, to, he's going to protect God's people. That's who the flock are. He's going to protect God's people with God's power and with God's authority because he comes in God's name to bring God's rule and God's reign. And verse 5, his very presence and power bring security for God's people. His rule is one that will cover the whole earth and all people. His rule will bring peace. Why? Because he is their peace. That's what the text says. That's what God's word says. He is their peace. He will end all conflict for God's people. So the message for God's people here, in the midst of anxiety and fear and worry and threat and danger, is that God is working in and through the brokenness and the pain. He's saying, wait and watch for my deliverance. Look out for this shepherd king who brings peace at his coming. And then there's a pause. And the darkness seems to hang over God's people. 700 years later, God's people are weak. They are vulnerable. God's people are under a foreign power. They are under oppression slavery. And God speaks again to his people. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. She was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. What is God doing here? He is making his promises given all throughout history become a lived reality for humanity. This promised king is coming. And he comes in a most unlikely way. Miraculously through a virgin birth, a young girl named Mary who's not yet married in an unlikely place. You see, they're, they're living in Nazareth at this point, but the baby is born in, in Bethlehem. Why? Chapter 2, verse 4 tells us, because he was the ha- of the house and lineage of David. See, verse 27 and verse 32 that I've just read in such a short space of time highlight David again. What's being shown here? They're showing us. God is showing us. This is the king 
from ancient of days that was spoken of all throughout history that was spoken of in my word that was promised that is spoken of in Micah. The promised shepherd king of the line of David who is going to shepherd and protect his people. The king whose kingdom will never end. The king who will make his people dwell secure. The king who will bring peace with his people. This is him. He's here. But how does this king bring peace? How does he end the conflict? How does this king defeat the enemies of God's people? How does he make God's people dwell secure? And it's then we get to the heart of the matter. You see, the biggest problem for God's people was not Assyria or Babylon or Rome as it was right, right here. Our biggest problem is not that unknown future. It's not job loss. It's not the cost of living crisis. It's not that even the health issues that we might have. The problem for humanity is our sin that separates us from God. Having peace in an anxious world is all about our relationship with God. Let me put it another way. Peace. Peace is being in right relationship with God. That's what peace is, being in right relationship with God. So if you're here today and you don't know God, you are never going to find the peace that you long for and are looking for anywhere outside of God. Jesus Christ, God's promised king, he has come and he has taken care of our biggest problem. He came to bring us back into right relationship with God. He came to give us peace. How? Do you know the anxiety and all the, the turmoil? I think we, we feel our imperfection. We feel our sin. We feel our mess. But when we look to him, we see that he was perfect in every way. Jesus lived without fault, fully obedient, fully trusting, fully sinless. And he stepped in on behalf of God's people at the greatest cost to himself. Just the wonder of the gospel. That's the wonder of this time of year in so many ways that God's promised king came to give his own life. See, unlike us, he knew the future. He knew what would happen, and yet he allowed himself to be lied about. He allowed himself to be betrayed. He allowed himself to be taken. He allowed himself to be tortured. He knew that he would die, yet he allowed himself to be put on a cross, and he allowed himself to be killed. He knew what it would take to remove, to remove sin, yet he took the full weight of it upon himself, all sin upon himself, all guilt, all shame for his people. He took it for those who would trust him, for those that would come under his rule and reign. The real conflict, the one between us and God, because of our sin, has ended. The deepest conflict, the peace we all long for, right relationship with God, Jesus Christ not only makes possible, but he gives it to us. So he brings peace and he gives peace because he is peace. He is the only way to have true peace. But how? That happened 2,000 years ago. How is that peace for us now? If you're not a believer here today, the Bible tells us that you have God's judgment hanging over you. It tells us that you are separated from peace, the peace of God. And the only peace you can and will find is in relationship with God. See, the one thing we know with certainty about the future, all of us, is that we're going to die. 
and that we will face God. With all our life experiences, with every action, every thought, every secret thought, every secret desire that's ever been played out will be laid bare before him who sees all things. I don't know about you, but that is anxiety-inducing. That should bring a right fear. But trusting in Jesus Christ means that he already took the judgment in your place, and he was perfect. So the fear of judgment that comes through the fear of death can only be conquered in trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. And what he does, he takes us through death and through the judgment because of his perfect works. Perfect love casts out fear. Trust in Jesus Christ is the only way that you're going to find the peace that you've been searching for. And for believers here today, we can still experience, experience anxiety. You've just heard these guys up here talking about it. But we have peace in God. So I just want to close with five ways that we can walk in peace through anxiety in the time ahead. First of all, in our moments of anxiety, we are to look to him and hear what he says. Sometimes our anxiety, we could be thinking, am I good enough? What do we do there? keep looking to ourselves and looking to ourselves, and it's just worse and worse and worse. No, look to Christ. He is perfect. In our anxiety over relationship, a fear of maybe being rejected, of not really quite fitting in, of, of not being in the in crowd or not really being able to engage with people, know that he accepts you. You're accepted into God's family. He adopts you, and he calls you child in and through his son. If you have anxiety over, over being alone, he never leaves you, ever. He'll never forsake you. If you have anxiety over condemnation, some sort of guilt or shame that you just can't shake, the Bible is clear that is therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus now or ever. Condem condemnation does not just get delayed. No, it's gone. The punishment is gone. You're free. If you have anxiety over the hopelessness of that life, which just settles in, and we all feel from time to time, there is hope. The hope is Jesus. We'll hear more about that next week, the hope that is in Christ. There will be a day when all will be put right. So the first thing, in our anxiety, turn to the truth of God's word and let his voice, which is reality and truth, shape us, not our own voices. Number two, peace is the presence of God in our lives. Okay, I want to say the peace, it can come across sometimes like this weird abstract concept. And especially when we're feeling anxiety. It's not just a, a fight to believe and you can get, just believe more, just trust more, just have more faith. Sometimes that can feel like when you're in anxiety and you're all in a bit of turmoil, it just feels like trying to grab water that's been poured into your hand and it just seems to see, seep out. The key is no, we can have peace and anxiety. Why? Because peace is the presence of a person. Our peace is Jesus. It's the presence of God himself. Micah 5, Ephesians 2, 14. He put them up for us. He is our peace. Both of those verses, in Old Testament and the New Testament, God is our peace. Our peace is found in the presence of God, a God who is with us through every moment, a God who came. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. And then a God who, who came and came and lived amongst us and then sent his Holy Spirit to live in us so that we will always be with him. If you're a believer here today, you have the presence of God in you and with you. Always. He will never leave you. 
if you're a Christian, you've probably got that little version Bible app, haven't you, on your phone. I don't know if you have. If you haven't, it's very, very good. Okay, it's so the version Bible app. And what they do each year, they release the most popular verses for that year. It makes really interesting reading. You can see things like, for example, the, the, the percentage of use went up in Ukraine over, I think it was something like five, six hundred percent. And in all the, the places where the refugees went to, it went up by 300%, 500% usage. People going and moving towards God's word at times of heightened fear and anxiety. Well, let's call it what it is. These have a reason, a real reason to be fearful. But the most popular verse of this past year was Isaiah 41.10, which says this, fear not. I mean, don't be anxious for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God says, don't be anxious. Why not? Because I'm with you. That's what he's saying. Don't be anxious. I'm with you. And if he's with us, he strengthens us in times of weakness. When your anxiety seems to be running off the chart or you're feeling vulnerable, he strengthens us. He upholds us. can't seem to move forward at all. When you feel like you're crumbling, he upholds us. He helps us in our despair, helps us in our fear, helps us in anxiety, helps us in our worry. Don't be anxious. Why? I'm with you. And do you know what? I'll always be with you. Number three, we have a compelling reason not to be anxious. Many of them. But let me give you one. In Luke 22, in Luke 12, sorry, verse 22 to 34, it's not on the screen, I'm just going to summarize, it's a big, big chunk. Jesus tells his disciples, don't be anxious. He says it repetitively, don't be anxious. Okay, God's word's full of this command, don't be anxious. And he says, don't be anxious about, about life and food. Why? Because, well, God feeds the birds. You're more valuable than the birds. He then says, don't be anxious about life and health when you're going to die, because that's in God's control. Don't be anxious about clothes, because if you close the lilies, he's going to close you, clothe you. Your father, that's how he, he calls God's children. Look, look, our, our father, your father, he says, he knows you need all of this. He's going to provide for you. And then he, he, he finishes this, this section as he's talking to his disciples. Jesus says, fear not, don't be anxious. Why? Because it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Let me say that again. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And the key to understanding that is to ask, what did it take? What did it take for you to have the kingdom? What did it take for me to have the kingdom? What did it take for you to be in right relationship with God? Jesus, coming for us, living for us, dying for us, rising again for us, and going right into the presence of God on our behalf. It took sending and giving his son infinite, eternal value and worth. God the Father sent him, the Lord Jesus Christ came and he didn't just do it resentfully or hold him back. No, it was his pleasure to give you the kingdom. His pleasure. He was pleased to send his son. Just let that sink in for a minute. If God gave you his son, why do we worry so much about the day-to-day -day stuff that consumes us? We have a compelling reason not to be anxious for there are ways to think and to pray in the midst of anxiety. Philippians 4, verse 5 to 7 says this, The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
Paul's telling us, he's writing to the Philippians and he's telling them, and therefore through them, us, how to have peace in the midst of anxiety. When you experience anxiety and this, this kind of overwhelming fear that we can get, it stops us seeing correctly. You can see that after. It stops us seeing correctly. It distorts our perception. It distorts our emotions. And Paul shows us what to do in the midst of anxiety when these things are going on. He says, number one, God's close at hand. Don't believe the lie that says God isn't there and God doesn't care. No, he's close at hand. But look at what Paul says next. He doesn't say, crack on, have more faith. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, don't bring your anxieties to God. No, he says, do it. Bring your anxieties to God. But what does he say? Do it with thanksgiving. Don't allow fear and worry and anxiety to distort the perception of reality, to stop you seeing rightly. Ask for God's help to see rightly. Last year, I went to pick up a, a fridge. I, I got a van, um, and I asked Michael to, Michael Baggett, the guy who does the music up here as well, I asked him to come and help me. We were driving along down our road. He was about to buy a new car, um, and he was looking at different cars. He said, I'm going to buy a Nissan Qashqai. And I said to him, okay, I don't know what that is. What's a Nissan Qashqai? I don't know cars. And he starts pointing, okay, there's a Nissan Qashqai. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Okay, there's a Nissan Qashqai. All right, so we went, to the, went to pick up the thing, got rid of our other uh, fridge, and by the time I got back to our road, Elm Hall Drive, which we drove down before, and I didn't see any Nissan Qashqai's at all. By the time I'm driving back down, I think I saw about eight in the space of about 200 meters. There's a Nissan Qashqai. There's a Nissan Qashqai. There's, they're all over the place, by the way, folks. I don't know what's going on, but they seem to be taking over the world. Nissan Qashqai's are everywhere. But when you look for things, you don't notice them. It wasn't in my, it wasn't in my head. I wasn't engaging with it. All of a sudden, boom, I see it everywhere. And that folks can go both ways. That can go both ways. And what Paul is saying here in Philippians is think on the grace of God. Why? Because it's everywhere. He's not saying look for something that's not there. He's saying we get blind to what is there, so look for what is there all over our lives. There is grace all over our lives, everywhere. Think on God's character. Think on what he's done for you. Philippians goes on, we won't read it now, but go on, have a read over it. It actually tells us how to, to change our thought processes so that the God of peace will be with us even in our thoughts. Give thanks for the reality of the present blessings every day, every moment in your life. Don't become blind to the goodness of God. Practice gratitude. Get good at it. Hone it. Master it. And in the midst of our gratitude, take your anxious request to God. And five, we do it with each other's help. So we can walk forward through anxiety together. Folks, you're not alone. God is always with you. And the grace is that he also gives us a family to walk through life together. We are to strengthen one another through prayer. I think there's something wonderful that, that, that you read in God's word. That weakness, as the world calls it, weakness isn't weakness in God's church. I actually think, as I read the, 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 the Bible, as I read what Paul says about this through his letters to the churches, and as I witness it in people's lives, shared weakness becomes strength when it's shared and, and taken to God in the right way. So we talk to people, we pray with people, we get specific about what's going on amongst family members and brothers and sisters and in gospel communities and in times of communion. Sam, last week we heard he had an accident. And obviously his wife Emily was in hospital with him. Life had been flipped upside down for that week. And so ben, Sam is lying in bed. He's in pain. He's struggling to move. We went in and saw him on the Monday, and it was quite shocking. He's struggling to move. Struggling to, he can't turn over. He couldn't sit up. He couldn't actually move. He's struggling to speak at times. His future at that point was very unknown. 
But we were with him for half an hour. And in that time, so many times he told us that he was thankful to God for what he'd been showing through it. I was blown away. I'm like, I was like struggling to hold back tears. I was, I was like there. And he's telling me he was thankful to God for what God had been showing him. It was mind-blowing. He's modeling Philippians 4 for me right in front of me on a hospital bed. And Emily posted, Sean alluded to before. Let's not miss this. Sean posted on the, on the leaders and wives groups. I have not experienced being carried this way by the prayers of others. Do you get even the language? Carried. Carry, you carry yourself. It's carried by the prayers of others. And then she went on to say this. The nurse said Sam was doing mentally very well relative to the others that he had seen. So presumably, Emily's words, God's peace is evident to others also. Wow. The presence of God in the midst of an unknown future bringing peace to his people in a horrendous situation. How? Through the prayers of his people. Let's not miss what has been shown us here, folks. God hears our prayers. Every prayer that you've ever prayed, God has heard it. Every prayer. And God encourages us to pray in the midst of anxiety with each other and for each other. And God gives us a peace which is obviously supernatural because it pours into people who are on their own in hospital. We're not next to them, but God is carrying them through these times. A peace that surpasses understanding. And not only that, but a peace that overflows to others. Displayed to those that long for peace. Folks, in an anxious world, it is the presence of God who brings peace. That's what we celebrate and look forward to this Christmas. Jesus Christ, who is peace and who gives us peace. His words in John 14. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Let's pray and then we'll sing about this peace. Father, I thank you so much. So much for your goodness and grace to me and to us as a church. Father, I just pray for each and every person in this room, for those that are hurting, for those that are struggling, for those that are in pain, for those that are in turmoil, for those that can't think straight, for those that are being overwhelmed with anxiety, for those that are overwhelmed with emotional and mental turmoil, for those that just find this recurring pattern, for those that can't sleep at night because of it, for those that are worrying about relational difficulties, for those that are worrying about health difficulties, Father, I just pray by your Spirit, take the eyes of our soul and lay them right onto the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to see what you've done for us in and through him. Help us to see the wonder and the beauty and the truth that we have right relationship with you. Father, for those that are desperately longing for that peace, who don't know you, Father, I just pray right now by your spirit, would you grant it to them? Father, I pray that as we sing this song, when peace like a river, that as we sing, as we respond, as we worship, you would flood our hearts with that peace. And move us on from this place. Go and share that peace this week. Father, we love you. Thank you for Jesus and the gift of your Holy Spirit. Amen.